Here comes my lovely daughter, Sequoia St. Germain, with the intro, and... As I was saying before, uh, in the good intro that we lost, I'm pretty sure I stole the name for the podcast from my friend Kenny, because the first time I ever heard him scream Ultimate Freedom when I was bazonkers high out of my mind, it struck a chord in the very center of my being as to what our birthright as humans is on this planet what we all deserve and that's of course not the freedom to hurt anybody it's ultimate freedom acting from a perspective of love and self-preservation so uh my guest is ken currington he's one of my very best friends on this entire planet uh the reason for him being on is a he's at my house today and b i think he has a lot of amazing views to share we're going to talk a little bit about current events and then probably drift off into some more personal stuff for the two of us. Uh, the reason for us beginning the podcast is the attacks in Paris today perpetrated by more Muslim fundamentalists and my particular view that the Abrahamic religions really preach and represent a religion of judgment, shame, intolerance, and violence, and not that these acts are actually anomalous in any way if one is to look at the traditions as well as the holy books and the words contained in them. In my talking to Ken about this, I found a kindred spirit, somebody who may not agree with me 100%, but does seem to agree and share some of my views on this that I find pretty important, but who has a very easy to understand and to me very true perspective on the entire situation. So with that, here's Kenny. Cool. Here I am. Um, yeah, you guys don't know me. I'm a voice coming through. Hope you're listening and sitting back in a car somewhere relaxing and want to get a, a new perspective on things. Maybe some questions you have, and maybe we can help to instigate some insight into your own connection to current events, politics, religion, and how they relate to oneself. And um, I come from a background of spiritual psychology and, and studying different uh, religions of the world, but more of a perspective of how do they help me, kind of a greedy perspective. I'm not attached to them. I'm not attached to Hinduism, not attached to Buddhism. I'm not attached to shamanism, but I've experienced deeply these things. And um, I kind of have an insight into my own self as to why myself and other humans would conglomerate and form themselves into a mass that would do something as horrendous as what just happened in France. What happened with the inquisitions, what's happening with molestation of children, what's happening with these conglomerations of the thing that should be the purest thing in our culture, which is kind of our connection to the deeper aspects of who we are. So I say that and maybe we'll just go from there. I don't know. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Well, one of the things I've been positing and, and, and one of the reasons for jumping on this, uh, on this uh, podcast was I tend to be pretty demonstrative with my words and ideas on Facebook. Uh, some people really appreciate it. Some people think I'm just trying to inflame or troll. But what I'm really attempting to do is start more open dialogues that feature less sentimentality, less parroting of things that we have been drilled and taught as youth, and more of a, an honest examination of ideas in a search for a higher truth in a, and the ability to alchemically distill the intelligence of the human race. Because I think that the human race is still evolving, and the less we look to the past... And the more we look to the future and really openly examine our ideas that got us here, that we can reject those that don't serve us, we can hold and elevate those that do, and we can evolve ourselves to a place of peace where we can start exploring space 
colonizing other planets and getting out of here before the sun blows up and destroys us all. But I take a lot of drugs, so you have to weigh that <laughs> in with the whole thing. Uh, so what I was saying, you know, is uh, my big problem with the three Abrahamic religions, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity, is they all pr- preach either religious or cultural superiority, that their religion is the only way, that the way for people who don't agree and share those beliefs is at least an exile from the community and at most torture, murder, and enslavement. None of these are anomalous phenomenon at all. If you actually read the books that these religions are based on, you will find these messages encoded in the words of these books as well as in the actions of many of their prophets or holy men. Now, one of the reasons I think so many people have been entrapped in these ideas is they were not allowed uh, the same. These ideas were not just dropped into a marketplace of free ideas and adopted because they were the best idea at the time. These ideas were were imposed on others through force, through torture, through the threats of death, etc. And they also circumvent something that uh, my friend Ken here was talking about, which is that when we come to this planet, we come in a state of, of not knowing, of, not, of feeling a connection, but not knowing what that connection is from. And most people are not willing to do the hard work of looking at that truth that we don't really know who we are or where we came from in this crazy ocean of chaos. That's a paraphrase from Timothy Leary. And they look to these religious, spiritual, and cultural authorities that give them answers, that tell them there's a cosmic space daddy or mommy that's going to take care of them, they don't have to worry, and that all the questions of life are answered for them. Uh, would you like to elucidate on that on that point? Because I think you have a, an even better, uh, 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 just a better manner of phrasing it. Sure. You know, it's interesting. We get, in my opinion, caught up in the, the externalization in religion. So we could talk about politics, talk about what's going on in politics, or in, in my attempt, in my practice, is to get back to like the fundamental reason reason of things. And like you were saying, Matt, like if you threw someone into this room that we're sitting in, we're sitting in one of your rooms, the music room, and um, they had no recollection or memory of where they're from. They were just here. They didn't know their name. But then someone told them their name. They didn't know what was what, what this microphone is, what the room is. It'd be a very sort of disorientating experience. And then once they try to orientate themselves, they might have this deeper longing of finding out, where am I from? Where's my heritage? Where's my family? Yes. Is my mom and dad it? Am I just from them? But then usually as men and women go along in their life, they get this experience, we're from somewhere deeper. And then you enter into uh, the spiritual quest of man. But that man who's lost in the man or woman who's lost in the room, if you can experience the kind of deep longing or missing, this like fundamental part of being a human that's so fundamental, many people don't realize it's even there. This missing and longing and wanting to go home yeah. from where they're from. Yeah. You know, and you can even feel it. It's more as emotional, it's a longing. It's a need, and it's sensitive, and it's powerful, and it's like fundamental of our journey. Yes. Now we have this, and now enter the, these religions giving us a solution. Yeah. As not only a solution, but it's mandated, it's forced upon. Yeah. And the alternative of not being a part of their solution is hell. Yes. Is being locked in a closet with this feeling amplified forever. So when we get to that fundamental question of this longing, 
now we how do we you know and i look i look forward to like you said a humanity that can go inhabit other planets how do we nurture this longing in humans yes in a in a caring in a powerful how do we use whether it's uh psychedelics whether it's a room whether it's a culture that supports us finding out truly the question that we all have yes many people i, I ask a lot of people where are you from they go huh ah, yeah do you have a soul what's your soul was light where where are you from yes. like these questions i i've looked at through spiritual psychology through meditation through different cultures always where am i from where am i from so i leave it at that as as that is the uh, fundamental basics and then we can look at the perversions of yeah. that and go into religion yeah well i mean you take this with your analogy you take this being that is vulnerable impressionable that really begins life by viewing its parental figures or attachment figures as God, mm -hmm. as the extant source of life on the planet, and they begin looking for these messages. And the message they're given at that point when they're young, when they are vulnerable, is that there is one way. It's the way of your parents. It is not to be questioned, even though it's completely illogical and irrational. Again, or you will suffer a punishment for the rest of eternity. And then that's kind of how these forces are set loose on the world. Mm -hmm. They're extorted into believing this flawed reality. And I think that what we see in the world with like Eric Rudolph, the abortion killer, with mm -hmm. these Muslim fundamentalists, with the Israelis starving, torturing and bombing Palestinian families and children of whose land they've stolen. We see these aberrant acts. And I continue to state that these acts are not an anomaly. They're not an accident, but they're actually fostered by the system and messages contained and codified in these books and traditions. And it's not like these children are ever given a chance to form their logic and reason circuits, told they will be okay either way, and then allowed to make a free decision as to what could benefit them most. Which goes back to what I was saying before, these ideas were not dropped into a free market of ideas to fail or flourish. It right. wasn't like, hey, here's alchemy, here's scientism, and here's Judaism, and here's Christianity, and like pick whichever one works best for you and it's cool. No, it was never like that. It was like, this is the religion of your forefathers. This is the religion of our tribe. We are going to murder, rape, and enslave everyone who doesn't fall into line with our beliefs. And if that's you, then you become one of the others and one of the outsiders. The Catholic Church killed every shaman and midwife that they could find in Europe so as to take away our tie to the earth, our birthright of free food and water and belonging to the earth provided we are willing to work and not poison our environment the knowledge of entheogenic plants that show us clearly that we are connected to nature and the earth and the cosmos, who we actually are, what our birthrights are, and how we are supposed to behave. Why did they do this? They took this away as a system of social control so that we would not know who we are, where we're from, so that we could be controlled. Judaism and Islam, same thing. If we look into these books, inside these books is codified the words that we must kill the unbelievers. Homosexuals are be, to be killed. Women who look at other men who are married are to be stoned to death by that man and his friends. These are not messages that are arising out of the faith by a few. They are the messages of the faith. And luckily, most humans have enough compassion and sanity to ignore the majority of their religion. But what I posit is the truths in these religions are true regardless of these books and can be held true and respected without the poison of these traditions. Whereas most of the information 
is culturally based information from a few thousand years ago when most people just did not know how to behave and we need to evolve past it. Yeah, and I think a lot of people in the current religions are saying that happened in the past, Matt. The stoning of, of uh, witches or hermetic beliefs or you know women who were looking at other men, adultery, that happened in the past. Yeah. And I, from a psychology point of view, oh, it's happening now. Yeah. They're using devious and sort of demonic cult-like ways of indoctrinating people into their beliefs because of what I, you know, what I was saying before and what you were saying, this longing to want to not only connect to our culture, but connect to where we're from. Yes. Like our birth of births, our spiritual belonging. They're using methods currently. Yes. If you go into the churches, a synagogue or a mosque, those are the Abramaic, you know, main temples, it's there. It's there and it's popping its ugly head out in the form of child molestation, bombings, wars, and what's going on on this planet. So it's going on right now. Yeah. It, it is less um, grotesque, you yeah. know, and there's not yeah. as, as a direct torture. But oh, it's less overtly. Overt. Grotesque. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. It's less overt. But, you know, I, I really like the perspective of getting back to that pure human searching for where they're from. Yes. You know, with uh, Sophia and Alexandria and the, the original hermetics, these beautiful people that had an insight into where they're from. Yes. These beings who have an insight into where they're from and developing it. And that sweet development, it was almost like a baby deer. You know how sweet it is, really. <laughs> and it's, you know, and gentle. And, and, and it's got to be in the woods and balanced and in an yeah. environment to discover who it is. And then you have counterposing to that right now, religion. Yeah. The major religions are kind of counterimposing it. I even went as far as to say that person who is desiring to develop themselves a good way to find out how to develop is almost do the opposite of the current major religions. They're in saying, what, in what way? For example, they're saying, don't go toward uh, uh, hell. Don't go toward where your shadows and pain is from. Yeah, that's hell. It's your pain. Yeah. So avoid that. Yeah. Stay a good person, and the sin is the bad thing to go toward. And I'm like, from doing, from my experience, from psychology, from all these different things that open yourself up, you actually get balanced enough that you can handle the pain. Yeah. You can handle a reflection of your own negativity, your own lust, your own desire. You don't suppress. No. You learn to deal with it as an, a responsible adult. Yeah. Actual adult. Yeah. Instead of, again, just letting, looking to someone else to tell you it's okay, to offer you an absolution for anything you may have done, whether you deserve it or not. Mm-hmm. And to really just tell you, I have all of the answers, so give me your money, give me your power, mm-hmm. and let me make all your decisions for you. Mm-hmm. It, it keeps people in an infa- infantilized state where they really stay children in grown-up suits who pay bills, but reason like children and maneuver in the world like children, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Right, it becomes, it becomes very weak when you say, when you look at these current religions and how locked they are into their position. Yeah. And if you say that Jesus is a Buddha, is a uh, Muhammad, whatever the, the deity, the figure is, the ultimate thing, if that's true, it doesn't, the, the ultimate thing doesn't need someone calling its name. <laughs> exactly. The ultimate thing doesn't need someone like bowing down to it yeah. and suppressing who they are to it. Yeah. If they're from that ultimate thing, yeah. they're, they're like a flower. Yes, sir. So go be a flower, go play in the garden that the ultimate thing created for you, whatever yeah. the name is. and. And enjoy. Yeah. And this is a lot for my dad, New York City police lieutenant. <laughs> he was like, oh, shit. Yeah. 
the, I gotta watch my laugh. Go, go, go do underneath the ultimate thing. The, yeah. the Buddha, the Jesus, the Christ, the whatever the thing is, go do that. Yes. Don't don't suppress and chant the name of that thing. If you want to. If it make, brings you joy to yeah. chant the ultimate thing's name or do whatever to the ultimate thing. Yes. Yeah, my major hang, I keep uh, encountering people who tell me I need to respect every religious tradition. And I say, to me, that's not true. What I do is I view the, fu- the, I view the fruits of these traditions. What are the fruits of bu- Buddhism? There are still some Buddhist extremists, but it's rare. And there is no act of violence codified into the holy scriptures of Buddhism. There is no urging of Buddhism as the only path. There's actually the opposite message. There's no urging of anyone to take Buddhism on faith. It's a it's more of a actual spiritual practice based on the results that one gains from it. And there's no mention in any of the Buddhist scriptures of stoning someone, of shaming someone, of judging someone, or of killing someone who disagrees with you. And what I say is, let's not automatically respect anything. Let's view each thought form by its fruits. And if the fruits are torture, enslavement, murder, genocide, then let's call that a bad tree and let's chop that motherfucker out by the roots and let's plant a good tree. Yeah, you know, the difficulty is you have, like you said at the beginning, you have your mom and dad when you're born. That's God. God is, you don't even know. You don't know sex. You don't know names. These are the most powerful people that brought you to the planet. They're God. They're the source of life. And by the time you start talking to them, they start pointing to this thing on the wall. They're like, oh, that's Allah. This is Buddha. This is the thing. Yeah. Come on, people. Really? Because you're born in a certain area. You, that's your religion. Totally. We know the whole world interconnected now. Yes. People were born in, you know, Sudan or born in the Middle East. They don't have access to Buddhism. Yeah. But, so they're not Buddhist? It's, it's, just, it's, it's just a geographical potluck of war, you know where you landed is the thing you are but because it's tied into the family i used to do a lot of work with people with uh psychology and do different types of readings mm-hmm. and there are some people that are free from their families and i used to be like that's the best thing to be free from the family yes from them but at a point free from them yeah. and then pointing to the wall and saying allah is god and follow this book because i was god to you at one point but this really is god So it's, you know, it's cultural family ties. And I think a lot of people, you know, when you, when you bring up things about religion, it's like an insult to their family. Yeah. It's like, well, my dad believes this and he's a good man. And so it becomes delicate, but this is a lot of what the church did instead of ripping people's skin off. People have trouble delineating the fact that they and their family members who may have been forcibly brainwashed uh, into these traditions, they have trouble delineating the difference between good humans who have spiritual connections with the source that is in all of us and systems of social control that have used those truths in order that a few may profit off the many. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I got into it with one of my good friends who I love dearly who was raised a Catholic and you know got on me for not respecting religions and religious intolerance and was very mad that I mentioned the fact that I find in my own personal dealings so far it's usually Catholics who have the toughest time with this message because in my personal experience and view, they were given the hardest amount of shaming, the harshest amount of judgment, the most fear and the most brainwashing. And it creates a blind spot in them where they feel 
every religion has to be respected and there's good things about Catholicism, but I say, no, look at it. Catholicism is the fruit of the Roman Empire that co-opted the Gnostic and Essenic methods of psychedelic yogic knowing of God in order that they may continue to control the Mediterranean in Europe and further their empire. That was the reason for Catholicism. Mm -hmm. The truths contained within it are self-evident and true without it. But these people have trouble when you attack it somehow seeing that Catholicism is an organized system of brainwashing and boy fucking and stealing of other people's resources. And exactly what you said, they conflate it with, well, my dad's a Catholic and he was a good person, therefore Catholicism isn't all bad. That's not, to me, that's not true. I mean, Nazism was an abhorrent social reality. But the trains ran on time and they had laws against animal cruelty. So should we judge them by that and not by the systemic extermination of all the Jews, gypsies, homosexuals, etc.? Or should we judge them by all of the fruits of what they get into? Some people were, were conscripted into the Nazi army. They were good people. Is Nazism then good? Or were they good people who were brainwashed, coerced, and taken advantage of for a nefarious purpose? That would be my question that a lot of people seem to have trouble looking at. Yeah, I mean, some people say don't throw the, bath, the baby out with the bathwater type thing, but if the baby shit in the water and committed <laughs> atrocities throughout its entire, not the baby, but the life of this religion has committed such atrocities throughout its entire thing. And its lifespan, like we were, I was saying in the kitchen before, its lifespan is 2,000 years, yeah, 3,000 years. Yes. It's like if you were 50, 40 years old and you did things in your 30s that were like horrendous. I mean, I'm not saying you, but I've totally. things that were horrendous. The they perverted killed, you. perverted, rapes killings you don't just go oh they're they're 40 now it's fine yeah this is a, this is an entire lifespan of this religion of yeah. which someone is connected to that entire lifespan of that thing yes and what it is and what it what it relates to and the only hope for a person like that would be the recanting would be the responsibility to stand up to admit their behavior was wrong to recant the bad behavior and bad messages and to then pledge to live a new life and then with some time Maybe trust is built in that person and maybe they are granted freedoms. Mm -hmm. But if that person committed these atrocities and then just says, well, that was the past and now like it's cool and I don't want to talk about it. Would you really want to let that person in your house? Would you really trust that person? Right. And I, I, I don't think this is a question we're going to answer today. No, I don't think so. But I feel that this is something that needs to be communicated and this is a good format mm -hmm. because you can then, unlike Facebook commenting and dialoguing or any type of letter writing, you can hear the sincerity in our voices. You can hear the empathy and compassion. You can hear the fact that this is a statement or statements coming from love and the will to help humanity evolve to a less self-harmful state. Yeah. And in, to go along with that, it, it, for a moment, I, if, if I could remove family from religion. Okay. So all the Jewish families, Muslim, Buddhist, their families are neutral. Yes. Because that tie is very confusing. If you're going to say, oh, I'm not Buddhist, but my entire family was Buddhist. Yeah. And they loved Buddhism. And they, to, for me to be, for people to be in the family, they have to like bow at the altar and do the things that is expected of them, yes. you know? So if I could remove family from this equation, now you're looking at a situation where it's like, what is that religion fundamentally doing for the person? What is the goal of the religion? Yeah. The Muslim religion, the Buddhist religion, the Hindu religion, whatever the religion is. And 
I wonder, Matt St. Germain, as we move forward, is there an emergence of the, the fruits of these religions, like for the individual, successfully connecting them to the place that they're from, that seed inside of, that I experience all of us having, that there's like a, a, a misplaced loneliness, that no job, no lover, no thing, when we're alone can can fill because it's like this calling us home type of loneliness like yes. we're from here earth we're 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 here on earth but we get this sense like that we're a little alone we're a little missing we're from somewhere deeper somewhere deeper yeah and i and i and i really come to this you know podcast of starting to plant the seeds in my own self and you and this movement of earth of how do we start to move forward with the fruits of religion of, of it. Could it be successful? Would yeah. people convert off, not convert, just drop a thing that's not working. Yes. You know, yes. they're trying to send a, an email and they press enter and it just doesn't send, but they just keep sending it. Right. Yeah. I wonder if people in religion, I'm like, is it working? It's not, not your family. Yeah. Family's working. You're having yes. a bomb at the family. You're yes. having dinner. And yes. You're having Shabbat dinner and you're yes. having the, uh, Diwali, which we just passed, the Hindu. Yes. That's all cool. Separate yes. from that, is it working? Yes. And I think the answer in the most part is no. If you look at mo- the majority of Christians that I know, which is not very many, as you can guess, you know, by the things that come out of my mouth, they seem to behave one way, that they try to hide from everyone. They seem to want to suppress communication. They don't seem to be happy. They don't seem to be go- doing good. What are the Christians doing? They're supporting the Republican right that supports corporate business raping our entire planet, that supports the very Christian foot soldiers not being paid a living minimum wage, not being given free health care as a right to a, as a citizen of the United States. And I don't see what I see is the things that are true or working about religion and the fellowship of meeting at a place with your community are true without religion. And just because some really evil motherfuckers hijacked that stuff a few thousand years ago and have been giving you messages from the point when you are a little child through television, through government, through your own family, that does not make those messages right. Mm -hmm. And what I will say is I will only tolerate religions that show tolerance. I tolerate Buddhism because it says there's a million ways. Mm -hmm. I tolerate Hinduism because it says there's a million ways. It says clearly in every Hindu holy book, there is no one way. Mm -hmm. All the roads lead to God. Mm -hmm. I tolerate and love Taoism. If I had to claim a religion, it would probably be Taoism because it's fairly paradoxical, contradictory, doesn't really give you a lot of information, but confirms that love and chaos is pretty much the way. And that dovetails more with what I've seen and and experienced in my life. Uh, About the only other thing I'd like to mention, I think it's very prescient that these religions, when they encounter shamanic cultures, seek to destroy and demonize those cultures because those cultures contain the link to the shamanic plants which show us in our own consciousness who we are and where we are from and make us much harder to control if taken in the right context without dogma or belief being laid down concurrently with the usage of those substances. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I agree with you 100% on... The 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 potency of plants. I just want to dive into that for a minute. Yes, I, let's let's it, it, and let's not get hung up on one thing. I think right, really, right. 
for the moment we've explored that until we get some feedback or come up with even more ideas let's just let's keep moving yeah you know it, it's interesting before i get to that i i just sat through a very interesting experience i got the opportunity to sit for 10 days in a hindu ceremony with one of the high priests of india he's he's uh the main disciple of what's called a sankhya which is like basically like the equivalent of the pope gotcha so if you were to sit with the pope's main student for 10 days wow very unusual experience yeah and i've had these i don't know why in my life i've hung out with the high kundalini teachers and the well, high shapibos and and these these people so i got to sit with them for 10 days and I basically was channeled through me. They, they put me in a, a, a lake the first day and put honey and mantras and like cleared us. And we sat every day in front of a, a, either a fire or an altar uh-huh. and this very powerful pujari. I say powerful because he was able to do mantras about 10 to 12 hours a day, reciting wow. very complex Sanskrit, which is even a spoken language, wow. mantras. And he had me and my wife, Max. He channeled through us. So you talk about being deep into a religion. We were deep as you can get. Yeah. It's called Navratri. It's the the nine days of the goddess. Yes. Where they're evoking the energy of the goddess, the, the energy that gave birth to us in our yeah. many forms. And it was so complex, I couldn't believe. And I had to follow them exactly with the mantra, with doing offerings of rice, of flour, of positions, of mudras. I had a special ring on that was channeling from him. Wow. I mean, I was deeper in spiritual ritual yes. than you could go. Yeah. And if you ask me any time in my Hindu, I'd say, no, yeah. I'm not Hindu. Yeah. I'm not nothing. It has nothing to do with a name or a thing on it, the door and the opening to where we're from. Yes. And I did experience in that ritual a deep meditation of like, wow, like a, a deep connection of where I'm from. Yeah. You know? And I hung out with him the other day, you know, we were talking and he's wearing his Indian gear. He's a very amazing guy. And um, one of the youngest priests to know all these mantras. And I was like, I'm, you know, I love this. He, uh, I'm, and we were talking about religion. I said, oh, I'm not, not religious. I'm not Hindu. But I've been through the deepest Hindu things. Yeah. I'm not Kundalini. I'm not Buddhist, but I've lived in Buddhist temples. Yeah. I've slept in front of their altars and did their prayers and walked around and did the things with them. Yes. Because they're open to that. Yeah. You know, the Muslims, maybe not so much. The Christians, <laughs> maybe not so much. The Jewish, <laughs> they're not open to people no, going in. At all. And bringing something to them. No. They don't want any anything to do with that. No. And with that said, what if you went into them? You if you went into a mosque and you said to all the congregation and all the priests and all the rabbis, there's this herb. There's a plant. And if you take this specific plant in a specific way, you can have an opening and experience that which we're actually trying to experience. You could take this plant that will actually increase your health. But during the time when it's activated inside of you, you can have an experience of that which we're talking about. Yes. You can have a direct experience of it. Here, here's a cup. Yes. Drink that. Yes. And, and I talk to the people in the Catholic, Christians, Jewish, like, oh, no, 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 those are bad. I was exactly. like, bad? I was like, you're bad? The earth has given us something that interacts with our chemistry to open up every cell to the energy of that which we're from. Yes. And if we have the power and the consciousness and the presence to sit in it, you can actually have a direct experience for the first time Hallelujah. of where we're from. Yes. And these religions are saying that's bad. They've been taught their entire life to not think, to turn off their logic in their mind, and to fear and mistrust 
anything that's not spoon fed to them by the religious authority in charge of their mind. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Yeah, it's they're, sad. They're they're it's so black or white. Well, and then what happens to people who tend to get high on plant medicines who are members of these faiths? Nine times out of ten, they walk away. Yeah, including every single one of my friends I know who is a Mormon or a Mennonite or right. a Catholic. They get high. They either walk away or the church excommunicates them. Exactly. Just says that's yeah. that's not if a they part. Begin, if they begin to not hide their new views or their new new uh, reasonings or or perspectives, yeah, right. Because if you go back to that human that's longing to get to that place in them, and maybe listeners can even feel a place in them that's longing. Yeah. And it can't be fulfilled by a lover. Can't be fulfilled by money. Can't be fulfilled by anything. Exactly. That place, and someone comes to you to that place and says, like, trust me, we got it. Yeah. If you believe. But there's no if you give your power away. If you me. give your power away, and there's no actual fruits of it. Yeah. There's just once you agree to it, there's hell and damnation if you leave. <laughs> but if you stay, <laughs> we're at least gonna be in it, saying y- you're gonna get something when you die. Yes. There's no fruits. Well, of you it. get to go live with your cosmic space daddy forever. Forever. And and you get your favorite car mm-hmm. in your favorite color, guaranteed, yeah. guaranteed. And what I found as to that place of longing. I would say I get got to it because I had the lucky or unlucky perspective of being an only child and uh, didn't get to go a lot of play dates, but I did get to go hang out in the woods for whatever reason. My parents would let me go by myself and hang out in the woods, but I couldn't go spend the night at my friend's house and eat lucky charms and play video games, whatever. That's my life. What I found with this longing that you're talking about, that the only thing that ever soothed it, and it still arises in me from time to time for sure. There's times when I have panic attacks Straight up panic attacks. Sometimes I'm away from my wife and children and I can't go back to them due to my job. There's been times where I have full panic attacks and I find Mm -hmm. the only thing that soothes that is to turn my gaze inward, to look into that black scary hole and if I'm willing to sit still and not distract myself with any type of comfort, be it cannabis, video games, uh, another person, a phone call, internet surfing, Whatever, if I am able to sit and look deep enough into that hole, there's a little tiny seed of a star in the very middle, and it is all love, and it is beaming bright and can never be extinguished. It just takes the bravery to go and look into the scariest place within yourself. So... With that said, everybody, give it a try, man. Yeah. Scary as shit being alive, but it's the only game in town. <laughs> oh, so, in oh uh, yeah, we're gonna take a quick pause and possibly be right back. Ultimate freedom. Okie dokie, Smokey, we're back. This is Ultimate Freedom, uh, the very first Kenny in the House podcast, part. Uh, 1.5 we won't even call it part two it's part of the same conversation and we were just starting to really get into uh the m- the miracles of the plant world mm. which is something that i uh am in lockstep although there's a lot of things that we're in minor opposition on i ken mm-hmm. and i tend to share a lot of the same views on the world which is probably why we're friends and we mm-hmm. hang out all the time and i bug him constantly so this is another one that i'm pretty much lockstep uh, in agreement with you and so I guess everybody out there in podcast land is just going to have to be okay with that. Right. <laughs> um, so for myself, I have found the power of plants for my entire life. The way I first really tuned into it was being an only child 
and being allowed to ride my bike to the river where we had the American River Nature Preserve and not really being able to go much anywhere else or have many you know sleepovers and that kind of stuff with uh, my friends. And I would go and I would sit by myself in the forest and I would notice that I would be quiet for long enough. The animals would start moving and walking again. The plants would start moving. And there was a real knowing that was transmitted to me from the plants. But I'm just going to start there with just saying I have an affinity with sitting with plants. Mm-hmm. And I've found a lot of power. I've drawn a lot of power from that. And, mm-hmm. and I'm going to let you uh, uh, tell us how, how you came to really understand the magic of plants and, and what they've been doing in your life. Yeah, you know, I'm going to tell a little bit off that experience I was sharing with uh, this Navratri Indian ceremony. Or sleeping in a Buddhist temple. I've had these experiences of dropping in deeply to religions, and they're great. But I'm not Buddhist. I'm not Hindu. I've dove in so deep. Even with uh, the Jewish religion, I hung out with a pre with a, a rabbi, rabbi for four years. Yes, but I'm not Jewish. But you know, I was doing Shabbat dinners and all this kind of stuff. It's like I'm. I, I kind of set myself free from those things. But you know what interests me with the with the plants? It's like, man, what what if you had this plant that was healthy for you, that done in the right dosage in the right setting, would unveil to you kind of currently where you're at? It would open. <laughs> well, that just seems like almost too easy. Too easy. Yeah, I, that's terrible. Do you have a website address? Now, you know, what I do find with with the plant people is they they sort of form religions around the plants. They they tend to. Well, because it's like the human longing thing. It's yeah. like we're we're not Christian, we're not Buddhism, we're, we're the plants, you know? Yeah. But the plant religion thing gets very kind of weird when you get into it. It's like it's there, but it's not there. The okay. plants are kind of like making it all weird because they're so powerful. <laughs> because it's like you think this plant is so powerful. So with that said, I got I got to spend a lot of time with the Shipibo. And a lot of Westerners are linking in the Shipibo, but I've hung out with the Quechua, the Inga a little bit the Santa Daime people and like these plant people. So I kind of uh, dove in deep with them and, and have taken very strong brews of plant medicine. And um, there's something going on now. There's something going on. The plant people, the religions, the spiritual seekers, there's kind of an amalgamation of all these things coming together. And it's my hope that podcasts like this can begin to like, you know, and then, Duncan Trussell we're talking about and, and uh, Hancock and, and some people who are talking the mighty about Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan, for sure. The ethnogens and our spiritual pursuit and uh, technology and all these things are coming together. Yeah. And um, there's some, and I, I'm even curious inside of the, the, the Shipibo traditions, like a new way. Yeah. Like I've been searching for a new way for people to even take these medicines. Yeah. What I've noticed with uh, the, the, plant religions is that they tend to contain less judgment pretty much no shame that i've seen but as all cultures and this is kind of an idea that i first was turned on to by terence mckenna culture is just a made-up system of beliefs and what happens is there's probably some truth to it but there's probably some superstition to it but when you when you when you couple anyone's experience with an incredibly powerful hypnotic vivid psychedelic things that may not actually be true for one might be adopted as true because of the intensity of the experience as well as the respect for the person who's providing the experience for Mm. you 
I was really, I've been intrigued by ayahuasca my entire life. I first read about ayahuasca when I was maybe six or seven, and that sounds crazy, but I just was a very early reader. My parents had a really extensive library, including a library of, of uh, books pertaining to psychoactive drugs and psychedelic experiences. And I first read about ayahuasca along with a lot of other books, uh, drugs or plant medicines, in a book called Recreational Drugs that was published in the 70s. I've always been drawn to it. I was drawn to the Shipibo people and especially the singing of a particular maestra, uh, Maestra Olivia. Mm-hmm. She kind of looks like an actual living Muppet. She's a real beautiful <laughs> little lady. <laughs> or like one of those little... Uh, the dried apple people. Mm-hmm. You ever seen those that you can get at the roadside stands? Or like I think I know what you're talking about. Dried yeah. apples. Yeah. yeah. Well, she kind of looks like one of those. Uh, her songs are beautiful, and I can hear a sincerity and amazingness in them that just really drew me to it. I've subsequently had a little trouble with it because I've also been hearing messages that I don't agree with, and it's been tough for me to harmonize messages I don't agree with the fact with the fact that the both times I've had the brew in my body. I had a clear communication from the brew of how good it was. I had a knowing that was from my own self and body of how healthy and in resonant phase with me it was. But for whatever reason, their religion or set of cultural practices contains anti-cannabis dogma that really irks me and some elements of sexual uptightness that I think is just really comes from indigenous traditions, especially an indigenous tradition that's been surrounded by the last 500 years by the Catholic Church and all of their prohibitions and and hang-ups about sex and about Mm -hmm. women, about men and women freely freely visiting. And, and, you know, some people will tell me, well, this is just like more the truth of what's going on and the truth of indigenous culture. And at that point, I'll point to the New Guineans and say, like, the men live in one village, the women live in one village, and when something goes wrong, the men go over and kill and burn a couple of the women to death as witches. Mm-hmm. And they're as indigenous as it gets. Right. They also practice institutionalized homosexual pedophilia. So right. yeah. wow. is that right? And is that correct just because they're indigenous? And and so for me, even when it comes to the indigenous people or people who claim to be uh, inheriting a, a, a vision or a way of being directly from, a, from an entheogenic psychedelic plant or chemical substance, I still want to examine their ideas. I still want to partake in fellowship with people who at least if they do not share my ideas about my life and the things that I find true, they do not actively broadcast messages against them. Mm -hmm. And so that has been a little sticking point with me and people who are into that particular modality because they see me as just rocking the boat and you won't listen to anybody and you're anti-establishment and you're afraid of this and this one's better and, but, and, all this stuff, which is that's that's great. That's what everybody thinks. Right. And I think a lot of these threads coming <coughs> off our original discussion of religion. Yes. And like family and like dogmas that are obviously out of whack and yeah. maybe not even functioning toward their main purpose yes. of connecting to the light is trailing through into something as pure as like, here's a plant, drink the plant and have your own experience of whatever it is. You could be Buddhist, German, yes. whatever you are. Yes. You could drink the plant. And I got to say, I've have a unique ability, I would say, to get into a religious or spiritual organization and get way deep into it. Like I've been in the inner circles of like these meditation groups or like these like interesting groups. And I'm like not a part of it. So I've been like way with the Shipibo, like way deep for months on end, like consuming large amounts of ayahuasca every other day and dieting and like 
this whole thing. And I'm like, I'm not a Shipibo. Yeah. The best Shipibo shaman that I met, there's many that are beautiful, but there's one young guy, Sui. Incredible. He, from the Temple of the Way of Light, he's one of their main guys. He's supposed to give at least one speech at the beginning of like a three-month journey with him, you know? And he comes in, he's wearing like some like tight little shorts <laughs> and he's just like, like no shirt on. He's just like no Shapibo stuff. He just like walks in. He's like the shaman guy. Yeah. And he's wearing no shaman stuff. Yeah. And he just comes in. He like looks at everybody smiling. He doesn't speak much English. And he's like, so they translate for him. He's like, just looking like he has nothing prepared. Just like, it's all in your head. Yeah. Just be in your heart. Yeah. And he just so like true. sits down and smiles. Yeah. That was the only information you share with us in three months. What, what I found subsequently is that when I get information in a more firsthand fashion from the Shipibo that I, it tends to actually mirror my outlook more mm -hmm. and that I'm not trying to at all down their culture or their system of healing. I think it's amazing. I think if you look at the fruits for the most part, the fruits of what they are doing are good. Mm -hmm. And I've seen good fruits result from the seeds planted in those modalities. Right. I, I think a lot of it is getting filtered through now, like uh, ayahuasca tourism. Well, that's what I've These seen. Groups. And I've had one of the biggest problems I've had is with the level of hierarchy and control going on in ayahuasca circles. Because 100%. I don't, for me, like the name of this podcast, psychedelics were the window to ultimate, to ultimate freedom for me. Mm -hmm. They were the thing that connected me to the source of who we all are, in, at least in my view. And I won't try to convince anyone else of that. But they were the thing that showed me that I have ultimate freedom mm. of decision as to what I can, how I can attempt to wiggle my body, the thoughts that I create, and my attachment to my emotional responses. Well, not close to perfect. I'm still dealing with all of that. I can be a real petulant little three-year-old a lot. But to interface with a new psychedelic and have the representative of that entity that is saying you can't, unlike the other psychedelics, you can't just buy this. Mm -hmm. I won't just sell it to you and let you do it because it's so much different and it's so much this and it's so much, and you can't even possibly hit. And that's bullshit. Like mm -hmm. people can handle whatever. Some people can't. And if they need to have a guide and someone to hold their hand and tell them it's okay or help them when they're freaking out and remind them to breathe, that's okay. And I support that. Mm -hmm. But when you make the only modality available to me if I want to experience a plant spirit directly your control scheme and I have to listen to you and you're going to blow tobacco smoke on me and you're going to sing songs at me but I can't sing songs and you're going to control going to control when I go outside and you're going to control my behavior I'm good what I understand for myself is that psychedelics are a bridge and a window to ultimate freedom mm -hmm. and they're an experience for me in myself and if I'm getting high enough in the dark that I'm not interacting with anyone. I don't need or want that person there unless their message to me is just that be in your heart, be genuine. I'm here to help you. Mm -hmm. That works for me. Right. I, you know, I find a lot of their, I agree with you. Well, well, oh, this is, this is the, the one thing I yeah, want to add is I think, as you were saying with the ayahuasca tourism, that was my reason for even mentioning this. Sorry. I kind of, I, I just took a dab rip. So now I'm, I'm off kilter a little. Uh, my thinking with this was this, They've now framed the ayahuasca experience for the basest beginner. The same thing's kind of right. happened with that that happens with everything in school and everywhere else is that everything's geared to the lowest common denominator. 
And that's cool if you've never gotten high. Or if you get high and you freak out and you get afraid and you need somebody to hold you. Or you, you know, you might think you might throw up and kill yourself. Like if, if, if you need help, help should be there. But I think it should be dogma-free, judgment-free help personally. If you don't feel you need anyone, I think it's really wrong for someone to control the substance itself and say that you are not allowed access to it unless you do it how they tell you to. Yeah, and I, I find with the groups that are, now it's been going on for about a decade. It's been going on longer, but it's much more prevalent, especially within the last three years, four years. People, they know it's a wholesale tourism industry, especially ayahuasca. It's a very potent one. It's out of of all of them. It's like an ass kicking, deep psychological explosion of self. And these groups who are holding space come and go. Most of them. There's some that are going on for a long time. There's like, I can't name them off the top of my head, but I know Temple Loya Light, Blue Morpho, and some that have been going on for longer. And I find that they're gravitating toward what you're saying. They're trying to find a way to hold a container for these people and not have dogma and not have... Now, you, you as well, you have Santa Daime, who brought in yeah. Catholic. That's a whole different can of worms. I don't even know that. I bless them, and I'm friends with people that are in that, but I experienced that and was like, no way for me. Yeah. No way. Traditionally, the person who drank the brew was the shaman. Correct. That's that's where I feel. I feel someone drinks that brew, they could open up the channel, like we were saying, to the place of light that they're from, be completely at home. That place, that longing inside of them just melts. Yeah. Everything else melts around that. Their relationships make sense, even if they're shitty or good. Money makes sense, whether they don't have it or not. Things all of a sudden make sense when you melt into the place that you're from and you're just visiting this place. Like when you visit your friend's home yeah. and it's messy, you're like, it's cool. <laughs> I'm just visiting. Yeah. But if you just popped and you thought you lived there and it's messy, you're like, this is a problem. Yeah. This is too loud. This yeah. is too this. Yeah. This is too this way. Yeah. That's how we're like with our lives. Yes. So when someone has that melting away of the, 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 and the connection that they're from. Now, the, prob- the challenge is with these medicines, that is a very realistic potential. Yeah. You could drink this fucking brew of thing. <laughs> And melt it away, maybe for three hours, maybe permanently. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. Of where we're from. That person's a shaman. That I don't know shaman. That person's free. That ultimate freedom. They're a free magician. Ultimate free magician. Kind of harkening back to more of the hermetic or, or alchemical uh, thinking. Right. I've sat in, in groups of, uh, there was a group from Kauai that made their own brew. Amazing people. There was two of them, man and a woman. They came. I sat in their circle. They wanted me to share while we were like on the medicine. And I was like, I don't do that because I don't want to do that because yeah. it's too exaggerated what I'm going to say. Yeah. I don't know people's journeys. Yeah. They did their circle and I was like, they were singing and he- doing healing work and all this kind of stuff. And at the end of them, I end up holding outside the main person and she was like crying for two hours because <laughs> I'm like that place in you that's longing to be home. And she's just like, oh, and just crying. And I'm like, I was trying to tell him, like, you don't know when you gave that brew to somebody who's like a, the Dalai Lama incarnate in the room. Yeah. You don't know. Yeah. You don't know. Yeah. And that innocent place of not knowing, can someone still hold space for someone to have medicine and be like, you might turn into the Buddha right now. Yeah. You might be a Buddha. You might be a free, ultimate freedom incarnate. Yeah. But they don't know how to make room for that yet. Yeah. They, they've yeah. set up these things that this is traditional Shipibo. I'm like, it's yeah. not. It's not. I it's think not. It, I think it's geared towards the safety of beginners. And beginners, I appreciate yes. that because I think there needs to be, number one, a modality for the non-psychedelicized class 
and segments of our population to safely interface it in mm-hmm. a way that they are safe so they will go towards these so we can all get past our egos. I totally agree with that. Yeah. I also just think that there should be the freedom for people to use these substances regardless of how the gatekeepers of these substances feel they should use them. That's what I, I've been actively pondering and talking to people in Northern California of how to, and I, I talked to some main ayahuasca people who are running big things, and I was like, what if we had an ayahuasca training? It wasn't an ayahuasca shaman circle, an ayahuasca yeah. training circle. Yeah. Because probably a lot of listeners who are listening to this, hopefully tens of thousands of people. Millions. Millions across the world. A lot of people are saying, how can I just use this medicine? Yeah. Like, is there a place? Because like you said, you can't just sell. Nobody's selling right now a a dose of ayahuasca. True. Even wachuma. Very hard to come by. These like more advanced plant medicines. Yeah. You can get a tab of acids, all these other things. But you can't go right now. I wouldn't know where to go buy an ounce of ayahuasca. And well, the internet, you can buy the precursors, the precursors. You it's have very to complicated. make it yourself. You have to yeah. make it. How strong is it? You have to test it. Yeah. Fucking what? That's craziness. Yeah. yeah. Especially for a beginner. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm, I'm really looking for, because of this, you know, beginning of the conversation caught in this religious guck. Yeah. Now we're looking for ultimate freedom and how to like access the place we're from, whatever you want to call it. And now we have these plants that yes. are really, in my opinion, many people's opinion, the ally. Yeah. And I would love to see the the promotion of a place, a training center. People could go, have the brew in the right dose, have a space that's like for them. Yes. And a playlist, no one's singing, no one's the shaman, no one's the down, no one's up. Yeah. They could be whatever they want. Yeah. And like you said, if there's someone's freaking the freak out, yes. there's someone there to go, hey, just a support breathe. system. Yeah, if someone's on a balcony, let's go back inside. Yes. I, they're shitting their pants. Okay, help them with that. Because those yes. things can happen, yes. even to advanced people. But with a staff trained to pay attention to not inserting their own beliefs into someone else's psyche while they're high. 100%. Ever. Totally. Ever. Totally. And and again, I want to continue to urge for people who find power in an extant system that does not preach the universality, meaning it's the only way, or broadcast shame or judgment, I wholeheartedly support anyone doing anything like that. And even if you're doing that, but you're you're just doing it among your own people and you're not effing with anybody else and blowing shit up and trying to legislate what other people can do with their bodies or their consciousness, cool if you are keeping it to yourself. Most of the things that people do in religion are just placating and protecting the pain that they feel. Yes. Like you said, when you sat by the river in nature when you were younger and you slowed down long enough to actually feel yourself is like you add that kind of experience into a plant medicine experience you got some potent shit going on you got someone that can actually like naturally like carl rogers that one of my favorite psychologists you can naturally open up who they are no one can do it for you yes the person-centered approach to carl rogers simply stated that the client has everything they need to unlock who they are yeah. If they and, and simply the the therapist or the place is just support to allow them and 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 trust that they have that. Yes. So if a, if a circle had enough trust that someone can unlock who they are. Yeah. If you just leave them in a quiet space like you by the river, with a plant medicine that has the wisdom and intelligence to reconnect our DNA yeah. <laughs> into it somehow, it's a wild experience. And yeah. I think honestly, like you say, like oh everyone should do psychedelics. And I used to be like, well maybe no. not. But now I'm like, well most people. well most people not everybody. 
most people are asking for it now. Yes. Most people I talk to are like, how, how do I, do I have to go fly to Peru yeah. and like sit with a shaman yeah. and have him blow smoke on me? Yeah. And like this and this and this, it's like, damn, that's a lot to go have that experience yeah. when what you really need is sit by a river, yeah. sit in a, I think it's safer. It, it works more functional for me to sit in a room, to get a mat and to yeah. go, that's my home yeah. for now. I'm Be- not going to. Because of the effects of the harmine, harmaline on your, on your body coordination. Yes. Paired with the fact that sometimes you just can't actually see the normal three-dimensional world. Due yeah, to they call it medietta. Like uh, medietta is the yeah. kind of intoxicated state yeah. that comes so along with it. So you don't walk out the window or right. something like that. I, I totally agree with any any anything that, that, that harms your perception and ability to move having a sitter. I agree. Like If you're going to yeah. do salvia, which I don't recommend, some people it's good for, I recommend you have a sitter. If you're going to smoke DMT, I recommend you have a sitter. If you're going to do ayahuasca... But if you can do acid or mushrooms, like freak out you a little bit, roll around, well, it you'll doesn't, probably be able yeah. to be okay. <laughs> it, it 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 enhances coordination. Sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> but there's been, the, you know, the coordination of a, a baseball pitcher. Dependent. I forget the name of the guy in the seventies. Doc Ellis. Doc Ellis. Fuck yeah. Fully frying an acid throws a no hitter. Yep. It's like what coordination do you need to throw a baseball in front of a oh, camera right. for a million oh, yeah. people? Oh, yeah. Under that kind of pressure. Agreed. So that's a very different experience. Acid to me is almost like. An entry level into the world, yeah, because it's available. People can handle it, yeah, but it still opens up like deep chambers of the mind. Yeah, mushrooms—they coordinate you, they connect you. These are cool things. I yeah. think the Wachumas, San Pedro cactus, is making a reemergence as an ally. Yeah. More people are learning about it and using it. And then you have like, in my opinion, the big hitters of peyote and ayahuasca coming in that are just like the big teachers. That yeah, are unusual and they. <sighs> I mean, I, I get upset about right now what's going on I see is like the, I call them the hippie circles. Yeah. There's a guy or girl that know how to sing. They've been singing rainbow songs forever. <laughs> they went to Peru a couple times. They know how to get the brew. The brew is n- kind of borderline. It's not really legal, but they don't regulate it so much because they don't know what it is. Yeah. It looks like chocolate milk that tastes like blood. Yeah. They're like, oh, we don't know. So it's not really a crime to have it. They would yeah. might take it away, but that doesn't, that's not even happening. They're going, they're getting the brew, they're coming back. They're putting 20 people in a room, charging $200 a person. Exactly. And like you said, in, in the exaggeration and the power of the, the medicine, someone could be going like, do, 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 do. And they're like, whoa, you were singing the, <laughs> the galactic yes. codes of infinity. Yeah. And it's We've like, all been there. Yeah. yeah. I was going, do, 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 do. You know, and I'm not saying they're bad singers or what, but I'm tired of the hippie circles and they're the shaman and people yeah. need to be healed while they're on it. Yeah. People are doing healing work on it doing all this stuff on yeah. it i have a friend who who helps facilitate this type of thing not in this country mm-hmm. yeah and uh that was what, something that he really turned me on to when i was kind of discussing how i was uncomfortable with every modality i had been offered so far mm-hmm. that they are approaching it and rightfully so due to the fact of where most human beings are right now they're approaching it like an emergency room right and it's emergency room medical care and it's for traumatized sick people, whether whether you are or not, and that doesn't mean everybody doesn't have their stuff, but some people aren't with their stuff just aren't, aren't at the level of traumatized. They're not at the level of the emergency room visit. And maybe they just do need to go see a therapist somewhere where they can sit quietly and relax. Mm-hmm. And there needs to be a modality for those folks who have made it beyond the emergency level base mode of operations, trauma or panic mode of interfacing with psychedelics. That was really, and, and when he explained that to me, I was like, wow, that makes perfect sense. Right. You know, we need the emergency room. But then like you're saying, we also need 
the flight school training academy. Right. Where it's like, oh, you're good. Okay, well, now, since you're good, let's show you how to do this, this, and this. And if that came with, like, don't eat these foods because they'll interact in a way that'll make you sick, and, like, don't eat these foods because, you know, they'll probably make you not get high. Mm. And other than that, define a code of operations for yourself that is sincere and genuine and let the medicine in yourself and the interaction that takes place define what it is. And here's what we suggest. Mm. But these are only suggestions. Mm. Because a lot of times the way the suggestions, the pre and post experience suggestions come along as heavily weighted sounding judgments that you won't have the experience you want, that you won't have these accesses to bliss and forgiveness and reunion with the consciousness that we all are if you don't do X, Y, or Z. Like, don't masturbate for a set amount of days or you're not worthy of of bliss and forgiveness like this person right. who kept their hand off their pee-pee for a week. Right. And my whole thing is like, anything one chooses to do in a mode of self-denial or sacrifice in order to potentiate their own prayers to the universe is true for them, and I respect that. But when you just tell someone not to touch their pee-pee for whatever reason, mm-hmm. you're just broadcasting the same self-judgment and self-shame that has been used as a tool of control for the human race for millennia. And you know what? If the universe gave you a set of genitals and a hand that touches them in a non-harmful way that does not cause disease, why in a million years do you X yourself out of communion with God and forgiveness for touching the thing made by God with the thing made by God in the way that God obviously meant it to be touched at times because my hand reaches to my genitals amazingly. Any thoughts on that, Ken? All right. <laughs> 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 quite, quite a toss of the mic there. It's like, whoa. Okay. Yeah. Um, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. And, you know, when they're looking... It's so weird, man. We're coming at this time of like, if you looked at the earth 500 years ago in religion, it was just the most oppressive, horrible, like you, people would run the fuck away from Christianity and churches. They were, yeah. they were running away. Yes. Why did we come to America? Constantly. We ran away from the shit that Correct. people, Judaism and the horrible situations they were in. Muslim, don't even get me started with what they were doing in the, in the evil king. So we've come a long way since then. Hallelujah. But we're still in the wake of that. Yes. And what happened in France with you know bombing innocent humans and ripping their bodies apart, we're still in the wake of that. And now the children of Earth have been handed a very powerful tool. Yeah. I don't even want to discuss whether it's powerful or good or not because it is. That's it for me, the, the, these plant medicines. Yes. Now we're handed this powerful tool, but we're still in the wake of this horrible experience yeah. of someone saying, don't touch yourself. We touch you ourselves we touch you you're like what yeah so in the wake of this horrible experience like we haven't even had the time to relax ourselves of like the oppression on this planet enough to go ah okay we're 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 okay we're safe here's i I find so many people are operating as if that's happened right while the roman catholic church is still extant still having sex with little kids and paying people off Mm -hmm. still owning a quarter or more of the world's land Mm mm-hmm still perpetrating evil and taking money from poor people every day. The Muslims are still killing people every day. Mm-hmm. Born-again Christians are killing abortion doctors and other people every day and mm-hmm. trying to legislate what other Americans are going to do with their bodies. Mm-hmm. The Jews in Israel, a land that they stole according to their holy book, if you look in Numbers and Deuteronomy especially, 
you will see explicit statements that there were people living in Israel, that the Israelites came there, that they murdered, raped, and enslaved everyone who lived there, and it's their land now. So that is the actual history, according to the Jewish people of Israel. Now they were moved back in there by British and American interests to destabilize the Middle East and gain a control of Western imperial power in the Middle East. I will give anyone that. But they're inhabiting a land they claim to have stolen. They have walled off large sections of this land from the people who lived there when they stole it by supposedly being given it by the American and British government. And they are committing genocide daily by embargoing food and building supplies and medical supplies and food, as well as bombing and commando raiding this place every single day, a place that they admit to have stolen. Yeah, I think you more eloquently than anyone I know kind of hold them accountable with the wisdom you have Thank and you. the knowledge you have. And, and yeah, you do sometimes stir people up because you're just like on social media, on whatever, you're like, this is, this is reality. Yeah. And you hold that really well. And with that, the world's still in trauma. Yeah. The world is still traumatized from the actions of humans, not elephants, <laughs> not birds, not the ocean, yeah. nothing else did it. Both humans have traumatized each other. Yes. And the humans that traumatize people are 99.9% .9 of the time in a religious order that supports it in some way. Yeah. The trauma, in a lot of ways, and I'm not saying family, excluding families, what you believe about your family. I think that's so important. Yeah, because the family's beautiful, and the family yes. has a thing of take your shoes off. The family yes. has a thing of a sit down. You have things with your family. They're Eat just, your food. Sit the, quiet. The families in these Abrahamic religions are co-victims. Right. Unless, unless you're the pope or one of the main cardinals or the main imam, unless you're right. one of the actual evil Writing. motherfuckers, right. you're just a victim. Right. And so even most of those guys are honestly probably scared, afraid victims who have never had an, a true psychedelic experience. Or, no, right. And I'm not talking just about on psychedelics, but I mean through meditation, through spontaneous brain chemical alteration, et cetera, and they're just afraid. And, um, yeah, so you, you're coming out of this, what you're talking about, this trauma. And you're, you're not even, like, you have a very intelligent mind to, to understand the history of it as well as the current reality and he's showing it to people, the trauma that's going on. Yeah. And now we're opening this new door, ultimate freedom. And inside of that, you have the availability of anything on the freaking planet right now. All the information you can watch Joe Rogan podcast, watch psychedelic things, Timothy Leary lectures. It's incredible what we can just learn on the internet. And now we have these plants yeah. readily available yeah. and coming like a storm. Yeah. And if people don't know about this, these plant medicines are coming like a wave across the world. Yeah. They're throughout Europe, they're throughout <laughs> the Americas. Yes. The eagle and the condor are flying together. You know, the condors <laughs> were the eagle, they're the condor down there, and the medicines are of available yes and they're opening a whole new world and i think this podcast is hitting a strong note of really remembering the trauma that has been caused on this planet and the trauma that's on this planet like what just happened in france yes the trauma that's on this planet and within many individuals within our culture holding that space of that trauma and hopefully relaxing it enough where we can begin to learn ultimate freedom of who we are in a community that supports each other, yes. loves each other, yes. and creates new temples. Yes. Temples where you can do whatever it is that you do to find this connection. With respect and love towards others. As a basic, the, yes. the, the, uh, the yes. golden, yeah. the golden and, rule. And I would really like to add that if anyone listening to this is a member of a tradition, if it works for you, 
and your holy book does not project shame and violence and murder upon others, uh, either of the religion or not, then I've got no qualm with you and I respect your journey. I would also say to that person, be brave enough to... Now, I, I can't say something sitting here. I can't go, the gate to heaven is within you. I, does, these are the words. Luckily, there's a medicine. Yes. You can take and test if your religion's working. <laughs> Sorry. You can <laughs> test that shit. Well, that's the great thing about the psychedelics is you are free from anyone telling you what it is. Yeah. You take it and then you figure it out. But now the trick is you got to find a non-denominational place that you we were just all talking about yep. that supports you in an open and easy way. It doesn't matter if you're Christian, Catholic, or nothing, a Gnostic, a wizard, a priest, whatever you are. You could, hopefully we're cultivating a space inside of this new thing that's coming. Yes. That's modern, truthful, and real, loving, and non-denominational. Yes. Of which inside of this, I encourage people that are Catholic to take a week from being Catholic, one yeah. week off. Yeah. Sit down with someone who has a strong brew and see what's going on. Yeah. Because most of the time what I experience when people are these like deep religious people, they're riddled with some serious trauma. Yeah. They're dark stuff that they're suppressing. For years. It's, it's a suppression mechanism and not a freeing mechanism that they're under. And they realize it and they freak the fuck out when they go on psychedelics. Yeah. And then someone like me or a cultivated person sitting there just chilling. Yeah. Not puking, chilling, having a nice journey internally. Wake up the next day rested and full of love and, yeah. and ease. I, you know, I, I have no problem with it. And I'm not saying I'm above anyone or below anyone. I'm just saying the level of trauma associated with a lot of religious beliefs yeah. should get looked at. Yes. Should get looked at. And medi you pour medicine down that religion. You pour medicine <laughs> down Catholicism. Yeah, it does Down work. Muslim. It just fails. It just freaks out. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why can't it hold yeah. life itself? Why can't it hold all the plants? Yeah. It cannot. It can at this point. And the same truths encoded in those religions are true without them. Those same truths are encoded in these psychedelic substances, at least for me. I can't speak for anyone else other than to say, I tend to see an agreement with that statement and other people who, who have who've reached for these things. So it's not that those religions are, are true because they hold these truths. Those truths are just true. They've hijacked those truths in order to control people. Hopefully we do reach a point of ultimate freedom. And what does that mean to me? That doesn't mean just do what you want, drive as fast as you want, do whatever you want at everyone else's peril. It means the ultimate freedom to be your highest self, obeying the will of love that is within inside of you, the true voice inside yourself that knows the right thing to do in every moment, but having the freedom to pursue that. And for the mass of those who have the reasoning power and ability to do so, also the implementation of real support systems that help those with trauma or who are not able at this point to do so, to maneuver in this world in a compassionate way that is safe for themselves and safe for other people yet still free of dogma and trying to explain how to other human beings how the nameless thing is in words what do you think i'm cool on that note that I brought that brought me right there ultimate freedom ultimate freedom we support you if we've upset you i'm going to probably post this and you guys can comment if anybody wants to come on and debate myself or Kenny or, or anyone about ideas and discuss or not debate and just discuss mm -hmm. ideas, we welcome you. If you get to the end of this podcast finding yourself not agreeing with myself or not agreeing with Kenny, that's ultimate freedom. And we love you. Though we still might disagree with you and try to sway your opinion. We love you, everybody.
Bye, Kenny. Big up. Thank you, St. Germain. Ultimate freedom. <laughs>